Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Saviour, me? <laughs> <laughs> So hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Excommunicated podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Tom. And I'm Arthur. And if you've never listened to our podcast before, Tom and I are ex-Christians who are talking through our deconversion journeys after decades in the church. And we're joined by my brother Arthur who is a lifelong sinner. Lifelong. Lifelong sinner. How does it feel to be disgusting and a heathen? Um, can you put some soft music behind this while I explain this please? Okay. Thank you. Go. Like wood shavings rustling through your hair on a spring morning. There you go. <gasps> That's how it feels. Mm. Wow. I never would have it's quite thought nice. That. No, that, I wouldn't have that. That actually sounds lovely. Yeah, mm. sure. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say it was last time? It was pur- purple or something, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be different every time. Yeah, okay. I, this is what I spent my week doing, preparing for this. And this week, we're going to be delving into the second installment of um, of Tom's. Plymouth Brethren series. Yeah, sure. Uh, and we're going to be looking at evangelism today. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, thanks for that. I was waiting for that. But yeah, evangelism. So uh, it's sort of a nice lead on from last week because um, I think if you remember last week, I was saying in birth, in death, in weddings, every opportunity was to evangelize through the gospel. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, this this would be a nice lead on to uh, to what happened last week anyway. So I'm going to go through some of the things that we used to do and uh, to evangelize and some little stories along the way. So yeah, let's get this started. So for a little bit of context, if you're a new listener, um, Tom actually grew up in the Plymouth Brethren Church, which is a uh, a very kind of spicy, specific type of Christianity. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to explain a little bit about the Plymouth Brethren? Um, they say they are a group of people who follow New Testament um, beliefs um, uh, and are very um, sort of Bible based, if I can say it that way. Um, what it does mean in real life is that they're still living in the 18th century yeah. um, and uh, use the King James Version of the Bible and uh, don't change in any way those ways, really. It's Victorian, which isn't the 18th century. But, you know, you, you get what I mean. Yeah. We're talking like women have to wear hats, women yeah. aren't allowed to speak. Uh-huh. Yeah, which we will go into all of that later on. But uh, there is, in fact, one whole episode is on hats uh, which you must think what how can you have a whole episode on hats believe me you can and if you were in the Plymouth Brethren you'll understand where I'm coming from as well it's uh it's, it's quite a major thing really so it's quite a hat heavy religion yes yes <laughs> thanks <for> that <laughs> but today is evangelism anyway which um is a bizarre one because um they were very much into the passive evangelism uh in the sense of if you had a a wedding or a funeral they would put in the gospel service they would uh, insert the gospel but um you'll find that a lot of plymouth brethren especially the exclusive plymouth brethren would never actually leave the church um they believed that god would bring someone into the church that needed to be saved not that you very needed, passive not that you needed to go out and uh and preach the word and so yeah that's that was one of their beliefs or used to be one of the beliefs it's not so much so now yeah um but uh yeah we'll find that 
um, my church that I went to, which was um, the obviously the Plymouth Brethren, um, they used to evangelize at every opportunity. In a sense, they would always have a gospel service. So every Sunday, um, even though it'd be the same 30 people every single week, you would have in the evening at this is where I've got to try to get my timings right, 6.30. Um, 6.30, you would have the evening service, which was your gospel service. Um, and there you would have a visiting speaker from other gospel halls around the city or around the area. They'd come along. Um, you'd have a hymn prayer sandwich, where you basically you would start off with a hymn, and then they would pray, and then they would have a hymn. See the sandwich? The mm. hymn is the yeah. bread. I see. <laughs> And what kind of filling is the prayer? Mm, just, just prayer was was. Any mayo? Absolutely not. No flavour. No way. No, mm. you can have that. No. Um. So you'd have that, and literally then at seven o'clock they would then start their talk, their their gospel talk, um. And that could come in a in a variety of of ways. It could be um God is all loving. It could be. Um, you're going to hell, and you're going to burn in. <laughs> you're going to burn in hell, type thing. Because it, God is all loving. Because He's all loving. It could be um, Jesus is coming again, so get your ass into gear. It could be coming to a variety of ways, and depending on how they felt at the time, and the, the verse, the one verse that they got out of context or whatever, um, they would speak about for twenty-five minutes, um, and then there'd be a him at the end and a prayer and that would be it so it'd be in just over an hour evening service every single sunday but it'd be basically exactly the same message every sunday the gospel service to the same people who were all believers who are all and it was just dire that it was, sounds like the most boring thing possible it sounds like when you watch a, a tv show like a literally anything with the church and the guy at the yes. front is comically boring yeah. yes it, it was that it was that and of course if you can imagine everyone was wearing well not everyone all the ladies were wearing their hats all the men were wearing their suits um and you were sat there in this evening service and it'd be the same people from the morning service anyway it wasn't yeah a absolutely different group of people no 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 it was exactly the same people uh you'd gone home you'd got home probably about half one two o'clock you'd had your lunch um, you had had a couple of hours and then you would have rushed off to the service because at six o'clock you would have your favourite songs beforehand where you could all sing along and say, oh, can I have number 345, please? From the hymn book. From the hymn book. And then we'd all sing our favourite little hymn beforehand whilst the preacher was off in the side room having a prayer or something, you know, with the elders. Um, and then he would start at 6.30. So, yeah, we'd have to be there at 6. Mm. Yeah, fun, fun, fun. Um, so that was basically used to happen every single Sunday. And uh, it's quite amusing because they used to pray. There used to be a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night. And they would be praying in the prayer meeting for life, the universe, and everything. So I I don't know. They prayed for people to come in. They prayed for Mrs. Smith, who's not feeling very well. They prayed for anything, you name it, they prayed for it. You know, it was a prayer meeting. Um, and so they used to pray for the preacher on Sunday night and Mr. Smith's coming along that God would use him mightily and that the word would go out. And you can you can imagine the sorts of things uh, they would say. And that unbelievers would come into the service and uh, it'd be wonderful, you know. And then on this one particular Sunday, 
The preacher had arrived. We were starting our hymn prayer sandwich. We were all sat there, ladies in their hats, men in their suits, me dressed like Lord Pontelroy. <laughs> and uh, the back doors opened. It's a double opening back door. And there was a little old man that used to give out hymn books by the back door as people came in. So in case anyone was late, the double doors opened. And in walked between 20 and 30 punks and uh, they walked in now I was probably 12 at the time and dressed up in my little knickerbockers and shiny shoes and like you dress now yeah exactly <laughs> the same yeah, yeah exactly the same uh, and in came these lads who were probably 17 18 I expect it was winter it was cold outside and they decided that they wanted somewhere warm to come and uh, they walked in and due to the fact this hall could probably hold quite comfortably a hundred people um there were only 30 of us in there at any time because it's the same 30 that ever always came and in came almost the same amount of lads punks all with you know mohicans and spiked up hair and basically in your parents eyes demons walked demons, in literally and they came in and sat at the back there were so many they had to get extra chairs from the side rooms and everything else. Well, you can imagine this old preacher at the front just cacked himself big time. Cacked thinking himself. No. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure that's an international phrase. Uh pooed himself. Shit himself. Yeah, okay. yeah. He shited in his panties. Yes. Uh and uh these guys came in. Well, they were still in the hymn prayer sandwich which meant to say the next one was the hymns. So the old bloke gave him the hymn books and it was, I don't know, all creatures great and small or all things bright and beautiful. And they were just in for the for the hell of it. They want warmth and they were in to have fun. And so you can imagine the racket they made as they were pretending to sing all things bright and beautiful or creatures great and small and all this sort of stuff. Um, it was horrendous. I was petrified because I was some little stupid little lad you know dressed up in a suit and there were all these guys and of course I recognized one of them who went to my school but he was now um if I was in year seven he would have been in year 11 probably so he would have been as far as I was concerned god anyway you know because the older students in your school were always like wow I can't believe it you know and he came in I thought oh no if he finds out that I actually go to the same school you can imagine the problems that would cause anyway you know but uh, they were there and uh, they caused absolute grief and uh the speaker gate up got gate up the speaker got up and they were heckling him and everything else and uh it was it was horrific when the teas and coffees came out of course they stole all the biscuits there weren't any left not fair and they drank everything and you know all all the tea um and eventually they they left well I was terrified and uh, glad they had left, basically. Now, this happened for weeks on end. Every single Sunday, they were just about to start. And I'm thinking, please don't come in, please don't come in. And then they would come in. And I think it probably lasted, well, certainly over the whole of the winter. So you're probably talking about 20 weeks, I would say. They came every single week. 
it got so bad that visiting speakers wouldn't come because they were scared. And so all the people that had booked to come along to the to do the gospel service, they wouldn't come. They they changed and said, no, sorry, I can't cope with that. So then people within the church had to do the gospel services. Um, they caused so much trouble that um, there was one old old man thought he could, you know, reach the young men. You know, it'd be fine. He They'll speak the same language. So he decided he would play the piano with them um, because obviously music works. And uh, he was dreadful at playing the piano anyway. It was like, if you've ever heard of Les Dawson playing the piano, who was an amazing pianist, but used to play badly on purpose. He was like that. He was awful and they were around the piano singing as you can imagine young lad would sing just to wind the poor bloke up and then they let off a fire extinguisher all over him and all over the piano <laughs> and there he was thinking he was evangelizing to these lads and they were just out to take the piss basically and uh and understandably and they um the conclusion to all of this they did obviously summer came and they didn't bother coming back ever again and the conclusion to this was basically we really need to be careful what we pray for you know when we uh, in our prayer meetings when we ask for people to come into the gospel service we have to be more specific about the types of people <laughs> we pray for. So they genuinely thought that their prayers brought these lads yes, in. Yes. Right, okay. So they thought that this was the answer to their prayers. Um, and surprisingly enough, nobody from there became a Christian. Many of the preachers, as I said, didn't didn't go. Um, many of the older people um, no longer came to the evening service. So instead of it being 30, it soon went down to 20 and fewer because they were petrified, understandably, you know. And they had nothing to offer these lads apart from tea and biscuits and uh, and a bit of warmth on a Sunday evening. Uh, and I was terrified. You were terrified of them, like, what, hurting you or just that they'd recognise you from school? Yes, recognition, really. You weren't terrified of them? No, no. I mean, they were young lads. Well, yes, I suppose I was. I was intimidated as well. But it was also the, the you know, the recognition. If, if they actually did recognise me from school, it would be grief, you know, in school as well as on a Sunday as well. You know, it would be horrendous. I wanted to pick up on that because it almost sounds like you were ashamed of being in church or being found to be in church if you're like these lads who i know we're going to tell people i'm in i'm in church it's almost like it's, it's not what i'd expect you to have said at that age yeah you know like we like said you're dressed up like little lord fontenroy yeah you'd think you'd be quite like oh i'm i'm getting in jesus's house one I'm a day yeah. Boy. yeah yeah not like oh i don't hope the kids don't find out sure. it sounds almost like you're afraid of yeah no i i think you're right i think i i was afraid i I didn't like our church. I didn't like the brethren, even at that age. Well, understandably, I was bored out of my head mm. first thing in the morning and right the way through to the evening service. Not only was I bored in the evening service, but now I was scared and bored in the evening service. So, yeah, no, I didn't like it at all. Mm. Um, when I was in the brethren church, um, I would have said I was a Christian, but it wasn't like a true, if I class it as a relationship there it was more out of duty and more out of fear because i had to go to church rather than a real personal relationship type mm. situation um so yeah no i i didn't like it at all but it was a, an interesting time in the church's life and certainly an interesting time in, in my life yeah what were your parents saying about them like when you'd leave the the 
evening service and drive home, would your parents be like, oh, we've got to evangelise to these people, we've got to bring them around? Or were they like, I wish those boys would leave? Yeah, I think immediately they wanted the the lads to leave. I don't think they wanted to evangelise to these lads at all. Um, They were scared to have someone on the door to tell them to get lost because there was a group, big group of lads, you know. So I think, you know, they were scared to have anyone to do that. But yeah, I, I don't think they wanted them at all, really. But that was uh, their their answer was the fact that they had to be more specific in prayer to when they're evangelizing. So evangelizing then took on a different form. Um, and the little old man that sat at the back of the church and he used to give out the hymn books, and again, it was it was a place to sit. I used to sit with there giving out the books and things purely so I didn't have to be actually in the service. It was almost like you were slightly detached from the service. You were behind everything else so you could just not be part of it. I didn't have to stand up and sit down at the same time as everyone else stood up and sat down and things. I, I was apart from it. Sounds almost, Tom, like you don't like going to church. Yeah, absolutely (laughs) (laughs) um so uh so yeah i used to sit with him and i remember him asking on one occasion i said you know why why haven't we got lots of people in here you know why why isn't the church growing and he said i believe that god wants this church just to be a nice small church and it's like but isn't the whole mission of the church isn't the whole idea that god wants you know God wants to reach everyone. Yeah, to reach everyone and, and on people in within this area that he'd want them all to turn to him and everything else, not just 30. So, A specific few that he likes mm. best. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, the 30 that did attend the church, I would say 25 of them actually came from around the area um, and drove to the area, didn't actually live in the area, actually drove to the area. So they weren't, you know, maybe five of them came from the actual estate itself. So it was like, this just doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense at all. It explains that attitude, why the that sort of church would die out. Like you said a little while, a couple of months yeah. ago in, in yes. this episode, one of the episodes, that a lot of them have just gone because it was all old people yes. stuck in their ways, yes. no new people coming in. Yeah. And that actually, that just explains it, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah. does. In fact, on this last Sunday, they didn't have a service. Really? Um, because there's one man and about five, six ladies, and the man's ill. Oh, you can't have church without man. No. So, mm. uh, so they had to close the church. Yeah. The ladies can't go there, so there's no, no man to lead them. Yeah. Even though they've been doing it, yep. hearing it, seeing it for yep. like four decades oh, longer yes yeah, six maybe? decades you know whatever yeah they can't do it so church there wasn't a church on sunday no man no church which yeah. is just so sad so it won't be long before that one's closed completely you know it's sad in the sense that they've lost their way in, in you know i'm happy in a sense because you know what the hell another church closed great you know but but they could have been something for the community and they could have actually done the right things but they were so stuck in their own ways and so we're professional we're better than anyone else and we know everything about everything but so actually the people in the area will stuff you you know you're not uh, not good enough for us actually yeah it doesn't sound like they ever wanted to be something for the community no 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 it was a group for them and their friends yeah and that was it yeah yes. yeah yeah and if the odd one or two came along that's fine 
as long as that odd one or two came along and changed and morphed into you know little clones of of these other people unless you changed your ways and became identical to them you weren't really accepted you into weren't the, welcome no you weren't mm. that welcome um so they did other things obviously as forms of evangelism then so it was a case of we don't necessarily want people off the estate certainly not the punks in our evening service we have to be very careful what we pray for maybe invite people in but you know so they um they then started doing door-to-door work so i would like to class my whole life i think uh in one word and that is fear fear from the punks fear from my parents fear from god and fear from door to door so we had a visiting evangelist come along and so they paid for an evangelist to come along to the church and because his job was an evangelist he then taught the people within the church how to evangelize as well that was his job and one of the ways to evangelize is to go door to door and so the idea was you knocked on the door and said hi i'm from the church up the road and this sunday we're having a speaker come along and we'd love you to come along and learn a little bit more about uh, god and uh, how he can help you in your life or something along those lines because historically people have really enjoyed it when you knock on the door during dinner and try and sell them something yes Yeah. yeah so um so that was we had a script that we you know would help and i went with an older person i don't know who that older person was i can't remember again it's probably one of these ones which i've literally dug deep in because i don't want to how how old were you i must have been about eight or nine you're a child you maybe 10 maybe 10 oh that's okay then that's fine yeah 10 but you didn't go with your dad or anything you went with another another person from church why didn't you go with your dad i don't know he was with someone else maybe I don't know. I I don't know. Were you wearing your suit when you did this? Yes, we had to dress up properly. um, So I wouldn't be wearing jeans. I didn't have jeans, I don't think. But we wouldn't be wearing... I'd have to look as I was representing the church. Um, And then we would go. I'll be with an older person and he would do it and I'd be stood there beside him. And then the next one was right, well, this is yours. So I... At 10? Yeah, so I then had to knock on the door and then I had to do the little spiel thing did you get any positive well you know the estate we were on was a very deprived estate um very run down very run down um and you can imagine going and knocking on people's doors um even on their flats um and uh you'd knock and you'd hear nothing and then you'd knock again and then you say what and you know people shouting hi you know we're just we're here to talk to you talk about to Jesus. Talk to you about Jesus. Uh, this, I, it was terrifying. And I, now I can remember just one occasion where this bloke came out and uh, he was literally just about to, to give the bloke a mouthful and I was there. And so he sort of stopped a little bit and just listened. But he turned around and slammed the door. And it's just like, oh my goodness me. It was horrific. It Quite was... scary compared to the world you'd been in. Like yes. in the church you've just been in. Yeah, in absolutely. So, you know, so sheltered mm. as well. And there I was being told to evangelize in this way. And and you're 10 and your parents aren't there. Yeah. And you're being made to preach to strangers. Yeah, you're, I mean, my, you're my, a child. Yeah, my parents would have been 
doing it elsewhere. Well, Mother would have been doing making teas and coffees in the church because obviously she's That's a, a woman. woman's ministry, yes. Uh, and the men would be doing doing the evangelism. Um, it was terrifying, and I can tell you from that um, from that whole campaign, and they would have paid him money and everything else. Um, no one joined the church afterwards you know it wasn't like well it's okay it was worth it you know we had an extra 400 people coming on to church it was like yeah no one it just induced fear yeah um and was not a pleasant experience as you can imagine you know um so was this was this voluntary or was this enforced you had to do it or did you volunteer and say i'd quite like to do this or was it like Thomas, get your suit on. You're going to talk to people about Jesus. Yeah, it was never voluntary, is it? Never. I mean, how could I? What would I do? No. No, I had to do it. We were learning to evangelize. Would your sister have been included on these trips or was she, she making teas? She would probably be doing other stuff. Lady things, I would have thought. Yeah. La- lady things? Yes. Having periods and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Looking after the children, you know. Um. So that was one experience. Um, the other experience was that my uncle was actually a full-time evangelist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now he was cool. Uh, initially, he had been had a a uh, rocky start to life, uh, if I can say it that way. You know, he he had sort of um, he had started off as a normal kid basically, but they all thought that he had had a rocky start to life. So he was a normal kid. He was, um, I think, he was a mod at the time. Um, and uh, he used to attend church because he had to attend church. But then uh, he used to steal the wine when they were uh, doing other things within the church. He used to nick the wine and then take it out to his mod group afterwards, you know. So um, they used to notice that the wine was going missing all the time, and then they realized it was him, and um, he caused all sorts of trouble, supposedly. I don't know the, the stories, but eventually, basically, um, he he saw the light, and uh, he became a Christian, and then uh, he became an evangelist himself. And because he had had a bit of a normal start to life, he was okay. He was a, a nice bloke. He became a Christian magician. Oh, a Christian. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, he was accepted into the magic circle uh, in London, and uh, he used to use um, magic to tell everyone about jesus so he was a cool evangelist so you know you'd be able to if you're a kid maybe yeah yeah like if you were a nephew yeah yes. yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah you did he have imagine. a guitar no no he wasn't no. cool no he did have a vw beetle so that was pretty okay cool. fair play cool. yeah. right he was cool yeah. Yeah. yeah so so i thought that was amazing and he came and also spent a week actually in the uh in the church and taught about different things and mainly jesus things jesus things and and actually worked but again um, all i can remember about his visit was he showed me a cut and restored rope where you cut the rope and it mysteriously restored again i learned that trick myself afterwards because it was awesome uh and uh and the other thing was that because he was being um paid obviously by the church they would also say that on sunday he's you know he's leaving um, so we're going to have like a, another collection. If you feel so, God's telling you to give some extra money, then then this would go directly to him as well. So you know, so let's say he cost five hundred quid. They gave him the five hundred quid anyway. But this was then like an additional thing if you felt so. You, you know, you wanted to give some extra money. And I remember it was I was working um, at the time, literally my first first job ever. So I was on very very little money. 
And I remember thinking, yeah, no, I need to give some more money to, to my uncle because, you know, he was really cool. And I think I only got something like £40 a week in my wage. And I'm pretty sure I gave him £30 of my wage to go additionally, you know, for him. And I just think now, and I just think that was a hell of a lot of money. That was like three quarters of my wage I gave to him. Um, and he those he was a nice bloke he really was a nice bloke but he was a guy that believed that god wanted him to have the best as well uh, and so he was into mountain biking at the time and so he had two mountain bikes his two mountain bikes cost more than a car the top top of the range and is now looking back is like i gave him three quarters of my wage you know that's tight as but he believed god wanted him to have the best and so he used to spend spend that money as he thought, you know, fit, I suppose, you know. Was your uncle Creflo Dollar? Oh, I was going to make that reference. Oh, man. It's funny that um, I remember being, I said it before, but my a friend of mine, we used to go to a church and they used to ask us, obviously, to tithe. Um, and we used to give a, a tithe of all of our money until the minister turned up in a brand new Audi. And my mate said, yeah, I'm not giving any more money. It's just like, yeah no this ain't right no way and this is the same really i gave three quarters of my wage for my uncle to have a brand new mountain bike you know it's just like how does that how does that correspond to anything to do with god or spreading the message of god it's not it's yeah. just for fun yeah it's, it's his hobby but he believed that he is working for the king of kings and if he was working for the king of kings surely he should have a wage to warrant that so mm. that's how he used to bollocks it up so it's those sorts of things you suddenly look back and you think wait a minute this this really doesn't wait a minute this... 40 years later tom, yeah. tom sitting around the table and he's like hang on i've been had <laughs> it is almost <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> But, you know, throughout the time in church, we did different things because they still did actually want people to come along to their church. In it's just, theory. In theory. But but unless they fitted in with their mm. stereotype, then they weren't really welcome. Now, it almost sounds more like they were performing evangelism to look good. Yes. But at the root of it, they didn't want anyone to really come they wanted their group to stay their group yes but they wanted to be able to say oh we're evangelizing to the local area we're yeah. here for the common people yes but really they liked their friend group and they wanted it to stay like it I, was i think they'd be happy if some of the common people came as long as they changed into clones of them you know i don't think they'd mind if, if you know five common people came to their church as long as they all dressed in marks and spencer's suits and uh and hats and they they performed the same way that they did you know but what, what i'm saying is it doesn't sound like they tried very hard no. mm. it sounded like they were doing the bare minimum to be like see we are evangelizing yeah, sure. but i don't think they were really pushing no like some churches do Absolutely. they were saying the right things yeah yes. yeah yeah and trusting God to, to 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 show them the right people. Yeah, sure. I'd be interested to know, you know, others out there whether you actually had to do door to door or or anything like that. How horrific that can actually be. But uh, and if you did, we're sorry. Yeah, certainly. Um, but we did actually have again as part of the of evangelism within the church. On one occasion, we had a Korean mission come and join our church. Now they thought uh, they were fantastic. Um, because basically uh, the people from Korea um, were young they were younger than them certainly 
Um, but they were still living in the 50s. And so really the Korean Christians came across and they were still wearing really long skirts. The ladies were, you know, they wouldn't expose their ankles type thing. And the men were wearing ties and shirts, short, short sleeve shirts with ties and things. It was a uh, typical missionary outfit that you mm. you absolutely, you but from the fifties, if you can imagine, you know. So they came across to work in the Brethren Church. Oh wow, it, they thought they were amazing. As in your parents' church parents thought church. they were amazing. Yeah, parents' church thought they were amazing, but if you can imagine them fitting into a deprived council estate, again, it just did not work we had to uh, we again because of course i had to attend i was older now but um probably 14 maybe so getting really embarrassed and we had to go across into the shopping center near the church um whilst the group sang with their guitars and sang christian songs and i was there as well and it was horrific horrific and then there'd be one of them would speak and we'd all stand nearby and of course I'm 14 just wanting the the world to swallow me up basically I didn't want to be seen by anyone um, and of course it was a shopping center so there were people there which I knew would be there that could recognize me and I just hated again fear hated every second of that uh, and from that group that came across for the week you know as a mission um great numbers moved away from from that group <laughs> yeah. and no one actually entered the church at all so again no one came to the church through that form of mission so what was the point of it it, it yeah. never worked I, no. I don't see the point all it all it did was like not like you say embarrass you and put you in awkward situations like i'm not a violent person but i would no. have beaten you up yeah thanks man yeah <laughs> like just it must just be embarrassing for the like you said it is embarrassing like yes. what were the adults thinking oh if we send the kid the kid will you know the kid is more likely to get listened to or is it just a, i don't know i don't know this will teach the kid to be on fire for jesus or something no i don't think no i didn't think they even thought about it it's just like it's almost like the the concept of children should be seen but not heard hmm. as in just stand there you're yeah. part of the group. Just be here. Just be here. This is the church. We're doing a mission. Those are guys are from Korea, and the church is around here to support them. So you stand there, and we're part of the group. It's better that there's thirty of us, forty of us, than you were just numbers, safety then. in numbers. Yeah, yeah basically, <laughs> you were I was, literally just numbers. I was just a number. I just stand there. You were cannon fodder. Yeah, you look more impressive if there's fifty of us, or well, there wouldn't be fifty if there's twenty of us. Um, it was just awful. It did nothing. But it was it was awful. The problem is I didn't have a choice. Mm, mm. That's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, no, you're there. Let's go and stand there. This is what we do. Oh, I don't want to go. Well, what do you mean you don't want to go? Mm. Would you have said to your mum, I don't want to go? Or were, were like, did you just accept? I just accepted. I couldn't yeah. question authority. Yeah, it was that or you do the hoovering. So. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so later on then, I um, when I was in my teens um late teens now so sort of 17 18 um 19 i sort of started to get away from the brethren church as much as i could understandably yeah i can um, see that and i joined a youth group which was um it was sorry. going so well in the oh, sorry. Battle, wasn't it? sorry sorry let me just okay no. <laughs> so 
I, w- I got out of this burning building and then got into a burning car. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what you just said. I did. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know tried to I get said. away from the church, so I joined a local church youth group. <laughs> yes. But this was a cool church youth group. Oh, did it have a guitar? It did. It yeah. did. Did it, they in do fact, magic? They had two guitars. They didn't do magic, oh though. Yeah. I have two guitars. Does yeah. that mean I'm cool? Well... No, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> the the difference with this was that it was full of, well, dare I say... It, girls your age. Girls my age. <laughs> that was basically what I wanted Let's to say. Let's be honest. That's, that was the interest, really. It was, there would probably be about between 50 and 100 youth, all between 17, 18, 19, and they were all, yeah, mixed, so girls... And everyone knows that fundamentalist Christian girls are the most attractive. Yes. They're so unattainable, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I joined this group, and uh, it was actually, it was on a Sunday evening, and it was a breath of fresh air. Um, it was fun, and uh, certainly different from what I'd been brought up in. There were so girls there. There were girls there, um, and it was good, it was good. And we did. We used to go away on holiday together, all of us. You know, they'd be run by the obviously the youth leaders, but we'd go away on holidays and and do all sorts of things, um, which was cool. And then uh, they decided that on this one particular summer, it would be great if we went to Spain. Yes, but on a missions trip. Uh, you had me for a minute there. Yeah. 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 So um, so the idea was that we'd go away and we would um, be a mission to those people who are on holiday. Oh. There's <laughs> an expat mission. Yeah. It was because they realized that when people are on holiday, they're far more relaxed and they've got more time to talk about Jesus. So you're literally, like, your thought process is, let's not, get them when they're relaxed. Yes. It's not my thought process. This is the organizer's thought process, but, but, but yes. But you, being a little horny dweeb, heard that and you were like... <laughs> yes it's that's so horrible to like try and get them whilst they're relaxed yeah that is tactics that's it was tactics absolutely yeah um i think about 20 of us went so there wasn't a vast crowd of us um you only evangelize in the evening say from you know six o'clock till nine o'clock or something because that's when they're most relaxed yeah yeah um in the daytimes we did normal things like go on the beach and all this sort of stuff and then uh in the evenings we would then not dress up in suits and things but dress up you know slightly better and then then uh, go out to the bars and the restaurants and evangelize and evangelize to holiday makers but to similar aged people as ourselves so we come alongside and you know I can't remember what we even did, but we'd go off in pairs. So it would be myself and a girl, and we would then go and evangelize. And then we'd come back and, you know, have our recap. How did it go? Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. We talked to this person and that person. But it was, again, another waste of time. But it was a great holiday, you know, so. <laughs> so what was it you were saying to these people? You'd go up in pairs and you'd be like, hi, can I talk to you about Jesus? Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, can I ask you, you know, what do you think about? I can't remember what the script was now, um, but you there was a, a script. Yeah, you were given a script. That's um, so embarrassing and, again. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, what do you think? You know, hi, you know, what do you think about God? Or what do you think about whatever i I can't remember what the script was but yeah the whole idea was 
was mission to these people on holiday, which is, as you said, really sad and pathetic and manipulative. Manipulative. And let's say one of them did say, "Oh yeah, let's. I want to become a Christian." Then what? You know, so so they're Christian now in Spain. You know, how's that going to work? <laughs> how's that going to work with them going to a church or, you know? <laughs> Who funded this? We we paid for our own tickets to go across. Oh, you guys. Oh, so, yeah. You paid to work. So did you have any really bad reactions from any of the holiday makers like tell you to just fuck off no because again we we just chose people are sort of our sort of age um and you know we wouldn't go to a group if there are a group of lads and that because of fear we were scared you know why why do you want to do this you know so what did your parents think about you going on this trip um again they were fine they knew that i was obviously going to the youth group were happy with the fact that i was now going to a christian youth group but yeah it was it was good and a good mission so so why not yeah certainly a noble cause yeah um so another sort of mission trip um if i can call it that was um a one of the elders went um he was a doctor uh, and he was invited to do something in canada to speak he decided to go and visit um the the church where he's at their camp uh and so in the sticks in canada he found this christian camp uh and uh it was as you can imagine an american camp you know youth camp it was like that but obviously a christian version um and uh, he thought it was fantastic he took photographs and everything else and came back now i looked at it and i thought that's it i'd love to go and do something like that i'd love to be there um this was before my spanish trip so i was probably only about um 16 years old i believe um so i just started work so i went and spoke to him i said oh this is amazing is have you got an address have you got anyone i could speak to that i could uh i could see if i could go across to there so he gave me an address and uh, um, I had to write a letter. And so I wrote a letter saying, look, I'd love to come across and I'd love to help out. Um, is there any way I could do so? Um, so again, within a month, I re- received a letter saying, yeah, we'd love you to come across um, this next year. Um, starting in May, you can come across. Um, there's some training that you do, first of all, and then you become a counsellor, as they call it, um, in this children's camp. So I thought let's let's do this. I was sixteen. I saved up all my money I, that I worked on, and uh, I went across. What was left that wasn't spent on mountain bikes. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and I literally um, saved up all my money and went across to Canada. Didn't know again. We didn't have the internet. They didn't have photographs. We didn't have. They do have photographs in those times, but we didn't. Um, <laughs> they sent you an oil painting yeah. of the camp. This was in the eighteen fifties, after all. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, I arrived in this place um, as a Christian mission for children again. And it was Brethren-based. It was still Plymouth Brethren in a sense, loosely based, but in a camp form. So it was looser. It wasn't so strict. And uh, there were activities that we could do. So swimming and, you know, learning how to make schmores and all this sort of stuff and camp craft. But every morning uh, we'd have breakfast and then we'd have a morning service and then we'd have our activities we'd have lunch we'd so have every morning there'd be a service. every morning there'd be a service so we'd, this was fully like church camp then yeah and it was i i was working with kids who were five to nine 
um, and there'd be a church service. We'd then have activities, we'd have lunch, we'd have afternoon activities, have dinner, and then would be a whole evening like church servicey type thing for kids as well. That would be that's intense every mm-hmm. single day again. It's basically like you've not gone to camp at all. You've just done the same thing as you were doing at home anyway. Yeah. So it was it was a it was a church camp. You know, it was a church camp. They they you learnt new songs, you learnt verses of scripture. Um, in fact, they put music to scripture. So I can even now. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, which is 1 John 1. Uh, And so they just took literally verses of scripture and just added silly tunes to them but that's that's brainwashed in me you know yeah and i could go on but i'm not because it's flipping awful um but that was that's what we learned we went over and over and over the kids the kids had great time but it was again another form of mission another form of evangelism and it the whole idea was to get these kids to become christians even then were these not kids who were already christian then going to camp some of them were some weren't some were like attended church but weren't hadn't necessarily made a commitment you know they may have and so it was your job to like lead these yes. kids spiritually yes basically it couldn't just be a fun summer camp with sports no. and it had to be about every day getting services and prayers yes and, okay, yeah fun yeah um i've returned a year later and i i was there even longer for the whole summer and everything else and they actually offered me a job which i turned down because i was afraid of my parents yeah i couldn't believe that even though i was halfway around the world as such my parents still controlled what i was doing um where i was going what i the decisions that i wanted to make that's fine because i'm here today and i'm doing this and and everything's fine has worked out you know my story has worked out the way it is but i wonder what would have happened if i had said no or uh you know said no to my parents and yes to them i wonder if i was more of my own person now since that time obviously i've been involved in many churches and i've done many mission mission things mm-hmm. um i did myself become a <clears throat> christian magician christian christian yeah um so that i could also use that for ministry um i did holiday clubs and all sorts of stuff here in the uk uh, and i've worked all over um but there are there's quite a glaring thing which with all of these and that is the fact that through most of these missions trips through most of the evangelism that i've been involved in um through you know all of this um very 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 few people actually come along to church afterwards um and uh if i ever did a magic trick the people were looking at the magic trick they weren't listening to the story i was telling so in the end i stopped doing the magic because in the end they were just listening trying to work out how on earth i cut that rope and restored it again or whatever you know and so the mission and the missions trips and the evangelism it just didn't really work there are times where you'll get one or two but as a whole it it doesn't um and uh i I know that's not the case with lots of churches lots of churches you know have effective programs but 
it's difficult to say how many people actually continue going along to the church afterwards after the thing um you know i, I just think like even billy graham came across and uh X amount of thousand people became Christians and went back to churches. I wonder how many people of those are continuing, you know, in in Christianity. I I don't know. I think but, I think it also has something to do with the places that you were evangelizing to. Sure, you weren't going to the typical places that you hear of of missions trips where it's quite poverty stricken. It's quite. Yes. I mean, you were going to like a rich Canadian camp. Yes. And a Spanish resort. Yes. For holiday makers. Those aren't places yeah. where people are generally crying out for No. God. For help and for God, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to a place that's like really desperate for sure. God. Sure. You went to like basically two holiday making yes. camps. Yeah, absolutely. But in all of these situations, they they sort of lose the plot in the sense of as as you were saying, Jess, they they try to almost make everything into this biblical thing rather than having fun you know um camp should be all about fun really and uh they turned it into a real plymouth brethren type setup again you know um with strict rules and regulations and and Mm -hmm. everything else um so certainly the one in the uk was very very strict camp you know and not pleasant at all really because they're still living in the past in the sense and they don't have anything to offer, not really. Um, and so, unless you conform, then uh, then, then forget it, really. Um, so that's my story of my experiences of evangelism in the Plymouth Brethren. Anyway, they tried, yeah, but failed because I don't think they tried very hard. No, I think there's some churches that you're a part of where evangelism is like their main yes thing. It's their main reason. It's all yeah. they want. They're out every day. They're sure. out on the streets. They're praying for people. They're throwing events. They're throwing breakfast. Yes. They're... I picked up our um our brother from his job last night on the other side of the city. Yeah. And um, as we turned the corner, there was a big bus full of full of people getting out. It was like eleven thirty at night or something. And I was like, well, "What are they all doing?" And he went, "Oh, that's um like street pastors." I'm like, "In this part of the city at eleven thirty at night?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, they go up all down this yes. the road between." Yeah. That's no way right. it works. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really weird. Just like praying for the people that could be coming out of clubs and yeah. could be walking yeah. home. And yeah. yeah. That there are certain churches who are just like obsessive and really pushy and really sure. determined with ministry and outreach. And it just feels like the Plymouth Brethren, from, from what you've told mm. me anyway, I wasn't there personally, but it seems like they kind of tried, but it wasn't their main concern. I, I think they, they may even have tried and believed uh, that they wanted people i i really do but i think they wanted the people if they did get anyone that person had to conform and that's the problem so yeah they did want people from the estate they did want people from wherever but if that person didn't come and conform they then, didn't want them. then they didn't want them yeah that's the difference i think they liked their routine they didn't want anything to come and change it yeah, sure. nothing to come and shake it up no one to come and share ideas or anything yeah. it was like you you can come in yes but this is how we do things and it just seemed like they were very comfortable staying where sure. they were at yeah, yeah it sounds like it's less about expanding who is there and more about making more of them yeah so if there's more people fine as long as they're like us yeah not yes. not we're not opening a broad church here mm-hmm. it's yes. a case of we have oh, our absolutely. church absolutely 
yeah, we'll have our church and you'll like us, otherwise yeah. don't worry about it. It's fine. Yes. But yeah. I I don't think they would have been like, say, the last big church mm-hmm. that we went to before we moved to this city. Sure. Where every night it was like they were having, you know, meals for the oh, homeless. Absolutely, they were having yeah. Alpha courses and events and twenty four hour prayer rooms. Sure. That all they cared about was evangelism because they wanted to grow their church and make more money type thing. Ba- yes, mm. yeah, basically. Yeah. It seemed like your parents' church were kinda of like, Oh, we'll you know, we'll we'll walk around with our flyers and it'll make us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. But we also yeah. kind of like where we're at. Yes, I think you're right. That's what yeah, it seems like. I think like. you're right, yeah. But it'd be interesting to find out what you guys did um, evangelizing as well. You know, were you ever involved in door-to-door, which was terrifying, um, or, you know, street mission, or, you know, standing on the streets and uh, playing guitars and singing songs and, and then speaking, or... Were you ever part of a street mission, like with your churches when you were older? Um, no, no. I, I've, I have actually sung with a group out there. But it wasn't. It was just for fun, not for you know, for, not for actual mission. Just for fun. Oh, that sounds no. fun. No, as soon as I said it, I thought, <laughs> "Why have I said?" Oh, that? they're gonna get me now. Oh no! <laughs> it was just for fun. Yeah. It was just for God. It was just yeah. We just wanted to do it. Just sing songs, <laughs> and then hopefully it didn't end up on the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tom. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, do you look back on times of? mission do you find that like how do you find that embarrassing do you wish you hadn't done it do you feel like you did any harm reflect um i think the the spanish mission um was was so tame that i don't think i did anything at all apart from go on holiday with some friends it was a really. youth group trip it was a youth group trip when we put it under the the sort of title of oh yes we're doing a missions trip no we we did very very little mission um it's just a shame that we had to put it under the guise of mission why don't we just say less as a youth group why don't we just go across to spain on holiday you know because you wouldn't have been yeah. allowed to it no. was a mixed yeah. trip but we had leaders you know but obviously the leaders had to put it under you know, to their leaders i expect you know the fact that they were going so door to door was terrifying is terrifying and should never be done uh, by anyone at any time for anything it's just especially wrong. children um yeah whether even if you're selling cat food or you know I, what the hell don't you sell cat food door to door not anymore uh, <laughs> cookies um but uh yeah no did i'm sorry did they used to sell cat food door to door no no not at all it just it was the first word that came to my head honest yeah honest um, but, you know, whatever, you shouldn't sell things door-to-door. And least of all, try to tell people about God door-to-door when that's your safe space. You know, you're either doing the dishes yeah. or you're trying to hoovering. make a... Hoovering. <laughs> trying to make a meal, trying to relax. Ex- all these things. And then someone's knocking on the door saying, can I tell you about God? Yeah, it's like, no, awful. shut up. I have a very simple policy, and I think you guys will be on board with it. Don't come to my house. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't. Fair. Yeah. So no, it was awful and fear-inducing, and I'm sure that's also caused all sorts of problems with me. I'm sure you know it's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, you were a kid, and you weren't even going around with your parents. No. You were going around with some other adult from your church. I yes. don't understand why they split the families up. No. I think that's really strange. Yeah. Because why couldn't you go around just shadowing your dad? Why did it have to be like? 
oh no, Thomas, you go with another yeah. adult and dress up in your suit and stand there. And I'm sure it was a manipulation tactic because there's oh, no yeah. other reason for a child to go door to door. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, were, you weren't even a teenager. You were like 10 or younger. Yeah. You have no, no. place evangelizing at 10. Well, even if I was 12, even if I was 14. No. What, what, you know, no, just no, because I didn't have the authority to say no. No. So even if I was 14 and went, I couldn't tell my parents, no, I'm not doing that. But they shouldn't have put you in that position. No, they shouldn't have. No. You shouldn't have been going door to door. No. It's not your responsibility. No, it's not. That was awful. Yeah. So that's evangelism. It's it's just such a shame that everything you had to do, everything you did had to be under the guise of missions. Like you couldn't just go to to work somewhere. It had to be part of your journey for god or your mm. your job for god N- nothing that you did in your life mm. it it all had to be focused focused on on god yes. and if it wasn't you would have to say it was anyway yeah. otherwise you wouldn't be allowed to go well and... that's why i wasn't allowed to do football mm-hmm. or you know join the scouts or anything because it wasn't focused to god yeah it would be detracting me from god everything i did had to be focused towards god so next week i'm going to be talking about ridicule Yay! Yeah, Plymouth Brethren. I feel like that one's going to be a very heavy one for you. Yeah, very difficult one for me, but um, but needs to be said. Yeah, perhaps we won't mock you quite as much next week. Uh, no, you can. That's okay, fine. good because I was going to anyway. Yeah, I'll, yeah, that's fair. Um, and again, as I I want to reiterate is the fact that these are my stories. Um, and you might turn around and say, "Well, that's nothing like the Plymouth Brethren. That's you're just telling your life story about whatever." That's true, but it's how I was brought up in a brethren family mm-hmm. um, with a elder, you know, my father who was an elder and my mother obviously involved in the church. So yeah, it is different. Every family is different, but, uh, and some people might, you know, look at my family and think, or look at my story and think, well, that didn't seem so bad. Um, and it's true. Some people can, you know, go through hell and come out a hell of a lot better than I have, you know, or some people can, you know, just uh, have one slight problem goes off in their life and their life falls apart. You know, we're all different. Um, and so I am just telling my story and hopefully, you know, you guys will, will get something out of it. So thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some value from it. Um, don't forget, you can email us xcompod at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram or you can join our private Facebook group Yay. where we can all discuss together. And don't forget to join us next week from 10 a.m. to reclaim our Sundays. Absolutely. And talk more about the Plymouth Brethren. I hated church. Absolutely. (laughs) So, bye. bye!